Hey friends. Hello, also my friends. My name is Evan. And this is Pat. And we'd like to welcome you to the first episode of Repeater, a little show about big songs. Repeater is a live talk show that we record in Queens, where we live like Spider-Man. Each episode, we invite a guest to share a song that they love. The songs we ask for can be anything that our guests have connected to. Songs that remind them of summer or their prom or just something they heard over and over again on a road trip mixtape. You know, songs that stand out. After an interview with the guest, we invite a musician up to perform a cover of the song and then close the show with a tune of their own. And that's the show. Pat and I host it. Our guests make it great. We're really excited to share this first episode with you because our first guest is one of our absolute favorite humans, comedian and writer Josh Gondelman. Josh writes for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver and performs stand-up literally everywhere. A little background is that this first episode was recorded way back in August of 2015. And since then, Josh has co-authored the book, You Blew It, and released his stand-up album, Physical Whisper. Wow. I know. Our musical guest for this show is Kaylin Marie, who's an incredible singer-songwriter that you can see all over New York City and listen to on the internet at kaylinmariemusic.com. And that's enough of us talking. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. Hello. Hey, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much for coming. Welcome to Repeater. Welcome to Astoria. Uh, yeah, welcome to Astoria. If you've never been here before, it's a nice part of Queens. Uh, my name is Evan, and this is Pat. Hi, I'm Pat. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're the hosts of this show. Um, so what is Repeater? Uh, Repeater is a talk show. Um, we call it um, a little show about big songs. So I think, uh, I think part of that question is sort of, uh, what are big songs? So <clears throat> to us, big songs are just anything that... Um, any song from your life that really has a significance, that has mattered something to you, or has, you know, a particular story behind it. Um, so that's kind of the basis for the show, is that we wanted to invite a guest to each show to talk about a song that means a lot to them. Uh, for example, if, uh, if you're curious about some of these songs, uh, a song that's important to Pat is a song uh, by Radiohead called Everything in Its Right Place, because it reminds Pat of a, uh, a foggy drive around the Bay Area, uh, mm-hmm. which sounds both mysterious and uh, like he's well-traveled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a song that's important to Evan is Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton, because it reminds him of his seventh grade girlfriend, Brittany? Brittany, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, we dated twice, guys, for a long time. <clears throat> Proud of you. Yeah. Uh, so those are just, you know, examples of like these songs. We all have songs, I think, that uh, matter a lot to us. Um, and tonight we're lucky enough to uh, have a guest here with us who's going to um, share a song with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, if we could please welcome to the stage Josh Gondelman. Hello. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, uh, Guys, in case you don't know who Josh is, uh, he's a very funny, very wonderful man. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is um, like the opposite of a roast. This is very nice. 
He's so nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Pat, could you actually let everybody know a little bit more about who so, Josh is? Josh uh, is a writer. Uh, he writes for Last Week Tonight. Uh, he has written for Billy on the Street. Uh, his writing has appeared in McSweeney's, The New Yorker, New York Magazine, and will be in a book called You Blew It, which is coming out in October 6th. Nailed it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's literally how, that's how every conversation my mom has with a stranger starts. <laughs> she has Just a, a list of my credits. Yep. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, and uh, you're also uh, a wonderful stand-up comedian. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I, I do my best. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, you know, you guys should always check out Josh if you see him on a bill somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah. I know uh, what you look like now. I'll know when you're not there. <laughs> yeah, he keeps tabs, guys. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Um, so uh, before we get jump into the song that you brought for us, uh, yeah. which is really great, uh, we just wanted to kind of chat a little bit about... Our, our current state of music. Great. Um, so just kind of like a little bit of a check-in to see uh, what we're listening to at the moment. Um, and we'll go this way to give you a minute. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Pat, uh, what have you been listening to in the last week or two? Uh, last week or two, been switching between an album called uh, Silence Yourself by a band called Savages. Mm -hmm. Very dark and mysterious, good for the summer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then another one uh, called Sunrider by my friend Brett, who I believe is here. Oh, Very good summer out. grooves. <laughs> Not quite as dark and mysterious. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, I've been listening to this uh, woman, uh, Courtney Barnett. Uh, I, she's kind of like an in, indie rock uh, outfit out of uh, Melbourne, Australia. Um, and she has, a, she has this album, her, whatever her last album was, I found on um, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, it's called, uh, I like the title of this, it's... Um, Sometimes I sit and think, sometimes I just sit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's very zen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah terrific. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. uh, so my, my friends uh, who are in a band in Boston called The Grown Up Noise put out an album last week that I listened to mostly through today uh, while I was doing other things, and it's really lovely, and I'm psyched. But, like, I've been obsessively listening to the new... Titus Andronicus mm, album. Yeah. It's like a 90 minute rock opera. Uh, and it's like amongst most of the time I find like when you're listening to a rock opera independently, like you get bogged down and like, I don't care about these characters. You know, the songs <laughs> don't hold up like American idiot. You're just like, I don't care who Dave is or whatever. Like, <laughs> stop naming people. You're not Bruce Springsteen. But, um, with this one, the songs stand up individually as well, too, yeah. because like, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I don't always have time to listen to a 90 minute <laughs> opera. So right. it's nice that they stand alone. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, so you brought uh, a song for us. I did. Um, could you just tell us what uh, the name of that song is and who is it by? Sure. So the name of the song, I, I did some research on this because I had a okay. hunch. Is that OK if I ramble a little bit? Yeah, go for it. Great. Um, the name of the song, it's called You Belong to My Heart, and the version I really love is by the old 97s, and it was from their 1995 album, Wreck Your Life, and it's a great song. I, I like, but I always had a hunch. I never, like, explored this because I'm a very intellectually uncurious, but 
uh, I'm lazy. So <laughs> I've always had this hunch that it was a cover because it sounds like a standard. Like it reminds mm -hmm. me most of um, like Fly Me to the Moon by mm -hmm. uh, Frank Sinatra. So I never really investigated it because I don't care. And, <laughs> uh, and then I looked it up tonight and it's it's originally, which now I care a little bit more and I want to hear the original because it's originally a Mexican like not folk song, yeah. but it's a song from Mexico called Solamente Una Vez, which just means just one time, which mm -hmm. is like slightly different idea. And then it's been covered. I think it it's from like the 1940s and it's been covered by like Bing Crosby was the first English language one. And then Elvis Presley. Uh, but like, I think when you hear a cover, it's always like a little disappointing to find out you love a cover so much mm -hmm. because it's like your favorite <laughs> album by a band being their greatest hits. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a dumb piece of garbage. But, uh, but I also think when you hear a cover before you hear the original, that's what the song sounds like to mm -hmm. you. So like yeah. if there are maybe people in this room who, who know the Michael Jackson song, alien and uh, excuse me, smooth criminal better <laughs> as the alien and farm song, smooth criminal. And it's like, just because you like one doesn't mean you like the other one, even <laughs> though the notes are the same. So right. I, that's why I didn't investigate because I didn't want to be like, yeah, this song used to be worse than they better. Than <laughs> Good job, old 97s. Uh, yeah, yeah. This song does have like a really interesting history as cool. a cover song. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let, we're going to listen to just a clip of sure. uh, the version from old 97s. Yeah. Um, so if we can do that, that'd be great. That's the beginning of that song. Holy shit. <laughs> you cut that like James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We tried to try to get it right there. Yeah, like an eyebrow and then it was done. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we actually took that right from the beginning of the song. Um, I think part I just like the intro, you know, yeah. uh, with the, yeah. there's like a guitar line. I think that really kind of kind of gives you the impression that it's maybe an old Mexican song. Yeah, it for sure. Yeah, it doesn't sound contemporary. Like it certainly doesn't sound like 1995. Right, right. Uh, this is actually fun. Uh, Pat, what was the uh, chart topper the at the time that this song came out? At the time this came out, it was Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, The Crossroads. The Crossroads, the crossroads. right. So the song I almost brought, can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is a so good, the song, good. So Evan was like, what's your favorite song? And I was like hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> he was like, I don't know if we want to put our singer-songwriter in that position. <laughs> and I was like, I totally understand. And then I was like, Andy up by M.O.P. And he was like, you don't get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's yeah. that's what I was thinking about. But Bone Thugs yeah. and Harmony, yeah, that's like, that's that era, that 1995 right, exactly. Ghost of Eze music video. And then like a month later, Macarena took over. Oh, sure. <laughs> I That song was so big for like, it was like on every radio station all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. And it was just like a wedding dance song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, yep. that never happened with like Cotton Eye Joe. 
Right. Or like, was the electric slide a chart topper? I don't know. I was thinking, yeah. I almost said it, but then I realized I would have been uh, speaking out of turn. See, so yeah, I have no <laughs> idea, but I am comfortable saying that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you said it as a question, whereas mine was just to be like, yeah, and who's ever listened to the electric slide? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Maybe like <laughs> what caused you to find this song amongst that landscape. Yeah. Um, but for the time being, uh, what's the sort of story behind the song for me? Yeah. Like why does the song uh, matter to you? I came to it. So I was like, I went into kind of an old 97s phase. Uh, and I just, I come to things late. Like I was never cool and I I, you know what? Honestly, the most the music form that I'm most contemporary with throughout my life was probably hip hop. So like I'm going in filling in with a lot of like rock bands that people liked over the course of my life. So I came to this band on iTunes and I got their a later album uh, called. Gosh, I can picture the cover, um, but I think it was the second one. It was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening just to samples on iTunes and I found this and it just like really struck me. And I liked the earnestness of it. And I like kind of the twang of it. And it just like, it's a song. I, this is maybe the sign of a, a lunatic, but when, <laughs> excuse me, when I get really into a song, instead of like putting it on a mix with other songs I'm really into at the time, I just put it on repeat and listen <laughs> to it, whatever I'm doing. So like I, there have been days where I've listened to this song, like probably 10 times in a row, like on subway rides or maybe more. And so it, and it just like has like a very nice, it has like a very nice rhythm for getting through your day. And it's also, uh, my girlfriend is a, also a big old 97 fan, which I found out after we met, which is when you find out things about someone, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't have any preconceived yeah, notions I, about the type of music I your future girlfriend yeah, would like? Yeah, for sure. I wasn't like going on OkCupid, like you better be an old 97 <laughs> fan. Like, that's a weird set of uh, criteria. People do that. I know. Sure. Yeah, like monsters do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but the, so it's it's also there's a quality of it that I think kind of synced up with our relationship where there's a um, the the lyric is uh, you belong to my heart now and forever. Uh, gosh, so that's the first part that's important. <laughs> and then uh, the, our love had its start not long ago. So it's like it has this really like endearing quality to me of like a, a young couple celebrating their like two week anniversary, <laughs> I, like a high school couple being like we just fell in love and we're going to be together forever. And it's just so optimistic and like sincere without being hyperbolic. It's just like, yeah, man, that's how it is. We're going to be together forever. And we met 45 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's something to that. Like, um, it's not, yeah, it's not overly ambitious. No. Right. And it's not like, it's not like there's never been a love like this, Mm -hmm. but it was like, uh, when I first found your eyes through a kiss, when they met mine, it's like, yeah, that's nice. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like, and at that moment, earth collided with space in a way it never had before. Um, and so it's just, yeah, there's just like a real, um, like clarity of emotion. And, and it's like a thing that I related to a lot, like, especially the, when we were dating, we were only dating for a short time. It was like, oh yeah, this is like right. And it's good. And it's going to keep being right and good, even though it's only been like this for a short time. So about like how long ago did this song come into your life? I don't know. Like, I guess I I've known it for a couple of years. So like mm-hmm. I that's a problem. I always uh, value novelty and like things that are new to me. 
where like if you were to go, Josh, what's the your favorite song of all time? Like it's hard it's hard to prioritize because I go really hot and like really hot with things for like a couple of years. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you. Like someone you used to hook up with mm-hmm. where you like hear I'll hear like uh, the sweater song in public and just kind of wink and nod and be like, <laughs> we used to have something, you know? So uh, don't tell my girlfriend. Um, yeah. <laughs> she can't like Weezer. <laughs> um, she can only like one band. <laughs> and that band is old. That band is old. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Rhett Miller's solo work. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> from the early 2000s. From the I early believe, 2000s. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think he's still kind of like alternating. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, this is a song. This is a show about songs. I can say things. Yeah, can say <laughs> I can tell music truths. The <laughs> uh, uh, thing that occurred to me uh, is um, so like the sincerity of this song, right? Yeah. And like how simple it is. Yep. Do you think that hitting you uh, within the last couple of years? Um, do you feel like that makes a, a difference? Like I feel like Absolutely. when I was a teenager, no doubt. I wanted hyperbolic. Yep. Like I, you know, the songs that have stuck out to me for a lot of my life. Yep. I want them to be grandiose kind of. Yes. And complicated. Yeah. You want like complicated, dramatic emotions. Like, so I was, I just had a text conversation with a friend. Maybe this is back to Weezer, but maybe this <laughs> will uh, resonate with you all. I said to my friend, completely sincere. And I stand behind it, even though it's the kind of thing an asshole says. Um, <laughs> I said to my friend, Allie, growing up, is realizing love isn't El Scorcho, it's falling for you. Both songs from Pinkerton. <laughs> and again, I'm nice. like a jerk for saying it, but, <laughs> but I'm not wrong is the thing. And that's how I feel, because that's a song about like, oh, like El Scorcho, right, is like, God, if only you knew how good right. we would be together. Like, you could change me, and I would compliment you, and we would be together, and that's how it should be, but it's not. And then falling for you is like, Oh, we're together. And now I just like want to be better and everything feels better. And all the things I thought were like important and cool and all the postures I'd adopted are like not, I see how non-valid they are because it's, we have a real human connection that's better than like leather jackets. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, yeah, leather jackets is a tough phase maybe to overcome. Yeah. (laughs) I never, I never had one. I'm, it's just cardigans all the way down. (laughs) I knew some dudes in college who had leather jackets and I just couldn't hang. No, yeah. I couldn't either. I like, I feel like I would put one on and the jacket would reject me like a kidney, <laughs> like a blood donor that doesn't match. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, it's, that's tough. Yeah, that's it would tough. be really embarrassing. Just the jacket making dry heaving sounds <laughs> as it wriggled my arms out of it. Like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you guys know what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't need to go on. Yeah, I think we're all familiar. With dry heaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We've all gone to or known someone who has gone to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, I feel like a dry heave is like an undergraduate hangover experience. Yeah, for sure. Good mm-hmm. college memories. Thank you. <laughs> I took it as a compliment. It wasn't. <laughs> it like definitely wasn't. It's better to have them be college memories than adult memories. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, all of mine are adult memories. Oh yeah. 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 For, I didn't drink in college. So I also didn't drink in college. Yeah. So all That's of my dry heaving moments are, um, adult dry heaving moments. Also the worst <laughs> selling line of Hallmark cards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I ruined your couch, bro. <laughs> dry Just a really moments. lousy department to work into at Hallmark. Very bad. Uh, the Just right make the-, the noise when you open them. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, play, it plays a song. <laughs> just, Which is uh, the Macarena. The Macarena, yeah. Full just blast. Like, oh, can you turn it down? <laughs> you put on no, man, it's a 90s party. <laughs> I think we're in that era now. I'm not in college, but I assume people are having 90s parties. They definitely now. are having oh, yeah. 90s parties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. People people who are born, this is this is obvious, but if you haven't thought about it, it's going to hurt your body here. <laughs> people who are born in 1990 turned 25 this year. You guys all did the math before I did. That's fine. <laughs> that like makes it like makes my bones ache to think about that. Oh yeah, it's uh it's painful. I think there was a um are you familiar with the comic XKCD? Yes. Webcomic. I think there was one from uh I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, six years ago, mm-hmm. which was like an uncle and a nephew uh talking and uh and they were like discussing 9-11. Sure. And the, the sort of punchline to that that strip was the the nephew saying, I'm old enough to talk about this with you. <laughs> like the kid was like 12 or 13. Oh, sure, know, sure, sure. Like that. Uh, yeah. Or a 10, 9, I guess, at that, mm-hmm. at that year. But it was a startling realization that I was like, oh, yeah, you could have a conversation about that event with someone who was born. Oh, uh, but born after that. time. Right, right, that's right, right, right. That's what the kid was saying. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like a weird thing to like talk to a very old person and they're like, I was at Pearl Harbor and you're like, I know what that is. <laughs> I saw we're the equals. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, we're the same. <laughs> also, did I say I was at Pearl Harbor? That's like very unlikely, right? That wasn't like a battle. <laughs> I just visited one time. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like shipped out for it. Right, like, <laughs> ah, we're late. We're like super late. <laughs> <laughs> to we, work today we, where we go every day yeah, at this time. Right, we missed the whole Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so does it, um, what do you think? Does it uh, bother you that this is a cover? Um, I I was thinking about it. And then I, this is, this is my thought process. Like, oh, that's kind of like, it almost felt weird that it had been covered so many times. And I felt like I, I felt dumb. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know that Elvis did it. Elvis probably did the way more famous version. Elvis is so much more famous. <laughs> uh, and then, and then Bing Crosby and whatever. But, uh, but then I was like, and then I got really psyched because I was like, Oh, well like this, at, this is real. This isn't like a thing I'm saying to like tie the show together. Uh, not that it needs it. Um, <laughs> I apologize for everything I've said. Um, <laughs> the what I thought was, I was like, oh, but then the song is going to be covered at the show, and I'm really going to enjoy that. So why is this any different? And then I like felt really good and was just kind of bopping down the street. Nice. Did you listen to any of the other covers? I didn't. I think I'll probably go back and listen to like the Spanish language ones, mm-hmm. but I don't like super care what Bing Crosby sang. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he turned it into a Christmas carol. <laughs> <laughs> I did come across an easy listening version that's totally set up for karaoke with like the crappy 3D. Sure. Like 3D dolphins just kind of hung in the air and like <laughs> floating hearts and it, whatever. It actually feels like a song and maybe we'll, we'll find out later. I'll, I'll ask later. But um, it actually feels like a song that if it were at karaoke would be like kind of manageable if you have like a decent voice. Because it feel, the, the range feels like not too extreme Mm -hmm. and then there's like kind of uh at the end it kind of goes up a little bit but you don't have to like you know it's not a don't stop believing 
where you get to the end and you're like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I stopped believing. I can't do this. I need someone to sing the song to me yeah, now. Yeah. Take the mic. A lot of people in the room are thinking the same thing. At Absolutely. That it gets to the what end. Did you get into. Yes, for real. Yeah. That's what happened. Cause you're like, especially if you're not crushing the beginning, like when, when you, when this, you guys have done karaoke, I assume. When you hear like just a small thing, you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get ugly. <laughs> and it does. It always does. Uh, my favorites, uh, my favorite karaoke songs to witness mm -hmm. are ones that are from like usually 70s and 80s. Yep. Um, and they're really popular songs. Uh, and somebody chooses it because they, they love the song and they forget that there's probably a minute or two minute guitar solos. Oh, that's great. We're too. in an era of guitar solos. <laughs> Uh, and usually those, that same song will also then be, uh, have at the end of it will just be a chorus almost for infinity. Yeah. It just, you know, it's, true. Out. it's like a fractal chorus. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps, you know, it's just chorus, a fabric of chorus until the end of time. <laughs> you can get a, you can get a band too, like, uh, like a band like Boston. Which That's was, exactly, I was picturing yeah. more than well, Boston, like. Boston's got it. Like, uh, they were notorious for having like three guys in the band, maybe four, but, um, Having so many, having like mastered the use of overdub yep. in their era, to where they had one guy in that band that sang. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to a recording of a Boston song, there's about 20 vocal tracks yep. at any given time. Yeah, doing just uh, you know these acrobatics mm -hmm. uh, that are absolutely impossible to do if you're picking it for karaoke. Yep, they just another thing Boston's ruined for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, I also like a, another fun karaoke thing is song person didn't realize they only knew 20% of the words right. too. Like paradise by the, <laughs> yeah, you right. don't know the title. It's paradise by the dashboard light. <laughs> also, that song's 18 minutes long. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Please stop. You're a sociopath. I'm leaving. I'm done. I didn't sign up for this. I have a lot of karaoke opinions. <laughs> okay, all right. What's and like, you'll what's, hear them all. <laughs> what's uh, what's the best advice you could give to someone going to karaoke? I would say just pick a song you know really well. Yeah, that's it. That's like <laughs> that's the number one. That's the number one because I think if you knew, like, if you knew went in knowing uh, that you picked, like, let's just say a journey song because the range is bananas, right? So let's just say you went in thinking you're going to do don't stop believing. Probably if you took the time, you don't know it that well because you would go, uh, Oh, I have to do the, like, and you're like, mm, no. So just like pick a song, you know, inside and out. That would be my best advice. Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like, uh, not only the words are there for you, yep. which is helpful, but a lot of people don't realize that <laughs> they don't know the verse melody. Yep. Right. That's for a very sure. common thing. It's like the verse starts. Yeah. And there's no, the it's lights a lot are not of stumbling. on. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Like, um, you know, a song like, uh, only the good die young, which has kind of like mm -hmm. more spoken. It's not like a hard song to sing, right. but then it's like, oh, come on, come out, come out, come out, come out. Only the good die. Young. And they just like lay into that part. <laughs> Woo. Got there. We yeah, got to the chorus. It. Yeah. I'm so good. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't know there were other words at all. <laughs> Happens with rap songs a lot too. Mm -hmm. uh, you see people like you know, you know the first two lines, or maybe like yeah. maybe you know a verse. Yep. If we're being generous, um, but then the pace really picks up in the second yep. verse. Uh, stuff like that. Also, know? I had a friend do uh, "Guilty Conscience" by Eminem and Dr. Dre, <laughs> and that's like a bad. He and it was like 
he didn't know that many people at the gathering mm-hmm. it was like a private room thing. And it was like people he was meeting for the first time. And that song is morally reprehensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, am I rapping date rape right now? It was like very unpleasant. He, he like got very uncomfortable, but like committed to it, which made it way worse. Like you could have just been like, shut this down. I'm not doing this. Yeah, gotta sell it. Yep. Uh, that makes me think too of like, there are certain rap songs, especially where, uh, it depends on which verse, whose verse you're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause like one, one person maybe raps a lot in a flow that you, uh, you can grasp mm-hmm. a lot better. Yeah. And then you get to like the other guy's verse yep. and you're lost. Yep. For sure. What's that? Just Buster Rhymes in general. He's difficult to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, he's very emphatic also. Right. Buster Rhymes, I think, would make the best uncle in the world. <laughs> I would love for him Let's to be my uncle. Happen. Can we do that? Can Does anyone uncle here Rhymes? know Buster Rhymes? <laughs> um, in a bigger room, I think we'd get somebody. Yeah. He's from here. <laughs> Astoria, right? Buster Rhymes grew up in Astoria. Am I, am I getting this right? <laughs> I'm sure it says it on Wikipedia. Yeah. We can make it say it on Wikipedia. Yeah, for at least five minutes. <laughs> yeah, anything you can, can be true on Wikipedia. You can make Wikipedia say anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the best. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Um, we were actually, we were checking out some of the other versions. It, the fun thing is, like, the Spanish language version of this song mm-hmm. is just different lyrics entirely. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But is, like, the melody the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the instrumentation and the melody is the same. But when they translated it for a Disney movie, they were like, mm-hmm, let's change it a little bit. What was it about in Spanish? Still about love and stuff. Okay. But like, it's it's not way just like, more oh, like get a- up off me, you gross <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like way more poetic about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the whole thing is just sort of like, I'm so lonely and walking down the street lonely is, it feels like this. And then I met you and everything was great end of song oh so the love is like at the end right and then but it's, it's like, more it feels more like the concept of love whereas sure. like the english language version is just sort of like i'm me you're singing you. to you yeah and you here's what's up <laughs> it's for you dude <laughs> um you're welcome <laughs> thank you Aw, that was a real sweet moment we had <laughs> That's so interesting. I yeah. uh, I feel like I probably like the dumb American version better. <laughs> I'm just like very blunt. I like big things. I like, oh, I mentioned Springsteen before. I just like things that are just like, I'm leaving home. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, well, well what happens Sorry. then? It's like, I, I got a motorcycle. <laughs> Bruce, you're not answering my questions. Like, Come on, Wendy. It's like, no, I'm not going to get in your car, dude. You don't even have a map. This is 1979. <laughs> We're going to get lost before we hit Philly. Doesn't matter. We're going to end up in Delaware. <laughs> uh, but he named her. That's the important he thing. He did. He names there. I, I want to write. Uh, my dream is to write a uh, like a pulpy noir heist where all the characters are from Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> That's like a real thing I want to do. Wouldn't it be great? It'd be like Crazy Janie was the getaway driver. And <laughs> I also like he's really audacious. I think on on Born to Run, right? In Thunder Road, he's like, Wendy, get in the car. And then on the song Born to Run, he's like, Mary, climb in the car. <laughs> and you think like Mary listened to the album and was like, we need to talk, Bruce. 
Who the fuck is Wendy? <laughs> yeah, he's not doing a good job, right? No, uh, just call them both Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and then they can both wonder if they're Beth. Yeah. And yeah. assume they that both think they're Beth. Because they've both gotten into cars with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of what you do when you date Bruce Springsteen. He picks you up into a car, you drive to a different town, you start a life there. <laughs> That's, never in any moment is he playing music. Is he a famous rock That's musician? Well, it's like the it's like the Jerry Seinfeld on Seinfeld. Right. He's just a less successful Bruce Springsteen <laughs> yeah, in all his yeah. songs. He's like, your dad's so mad that I'm a rock and roll singer. It's like, dude, you're playing the garden. <laughs> <laughs> He's stoked. You got him yeah. box seats. Exactly. Uh, your dad loves my career. <laughs> Get in the car. You don't. You have a driver. <laughs> What is it? There's like that every man uh, appeal to guys like him. Yeah, right? I love it. I'm I'm like saying this with love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce, uh, if you're in here, <laughs> and if you know Buster Rhymes, <laughs> you guys should collaborate. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> dare to dream, you know? But I feel like Tom Petty has that same yeah, kind of Tom like. Yeah, Tom Petty has that. Um, I don't think I don't think he has it in the same way. No. But, um. Oh no, I was gonna say. Um. Uh. But. Like Billy Joel's like a hero around here. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know that he, he doesn't strike me as like the exactly like the working man version of it, but he kind of has a similar appeal. Like he's like the hometown yeah. hero of yep. New York City. Yeah. But he is a guy who is just taking his limo in from Long Island. Like every, I think he takes a helicopter. Okay, he's taking For his real. helicopter. No, that makes way more sense yeah. than what I said. <laughs> but yeah, he like choppers in, you know, comes sure. in and plays the garden as many times as he wants, basically. Any night that the garden has an open slot yeah uh, that's some you know sports team's not there he's like hanging out playing the piano hello mr nice madison square you get a thing going on tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's joel time <laughs> he's the best i love that also billy joel this is I, I almost just said this as if you knew everything <laughs> about my life but um so I just got a, a a little puppy or not a puppy, a little old pug. <laughs> She's real old. <laughs> and Billy Joel has this pug. And there was a photo shoot of him from, I think, New York magazine, where like one of the things is him like on a motorcycle and a sidecar with just the pug in it, <laughs> which is so charming. And then the other one is it's like I, I didn't even see it till this week. My girlfriend like tweeted it and I saw it and I was like, this is my favorite picture I've ever seen. It's like Billy Joel leaning in to what looks like the bug whispering a secret <laughs> in his ear. And I like to imagine that that's his writing process. <laughs> Where he's like, I've got the title, it's Piano Man. And the bug is like, real estate novelist. <laughs> and then we have Piano Man. The pug knows best. The pug knows best. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the new ABC sitcom. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be seeing that this fall. Was that, uh, we'll oh, be seeing we that will be fall. seeing that this fall. Uh, what's your dog's name? Busy. Busy. She was Susie when we got her. She's old. She's eight. So she's like a, like an aunt. Because <laughs> that's like 56 in pug years, which right, are the same right. as other dog years. <laughs> sure. And uh, But she, so she was named Susie, but my girlfriend's mom's name is Susan. And she yeah. shut that down. And she was like, mm, no, nah. <laughs> there's a lot of issues here with mothering that I'm not going to confront. Uh, so, and then the guy that, the guy that brokered this, facilitated this dog deal we were doing. <laughs> the dog broker. The dog broker. <laughs> also come into your television yeah. as well. <laughs> it's dog AD broker though. and then Pug Knows Best. Yeah. Um, or the Pug, uh, Pug Knows Best could be called the Billy Joel Whisperer. <laughs> uh, it's just like a guy who knows how to deal with Billy Joels. Yeah. <laughs> a 
Haley Joel keeps peeing on my carpet. Hold on, I will train him. <laughs> um, Send him to the garden. <laughs> you have to show him you are dominant. <laughs> Make strong eye contact with Billy Joel. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, the guy that had him didn't know her name for a while because there were, it was like an older couple had gone into assisted living that had had her. And then he like kind of took them. They're friends of the family and he needed to find a home. So he had just been calling her Beyonce, which is like a pretty funny <laughs> name for a pug. Um, it's a good, a good, a good like placeholder name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And it's kind of the, it's like kind of the difference between Susie, like Susie, Beyonce, busy. So it's like, yeah. kind of did that very nicely. That is nice. Yeah. It was real fun. Um, She's a real chubby goon. <laughs> Uh, so I was curious, like you came to this, you came to the song, uh, you blow my heart later in life. Right? Yeah. Um, so like in 1995, yep. uh, like who were you and what you'd have been listening to? Okay. So I was 10 and I don't, gosh, where was I? Oh, so I was listening to whatever was on the radio. That's, this sure. is real. I remember, uh, the very specifically. So this, this era was like fourth grade. So it was very specifically my friend Chris Collier had a tape of all the Grammy nominees from the highest categories. So it was like um, One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey mm-hmm. and Boys to Men. Um, what If God yeah. Was One of Us nice. by Joan Osborne. <laughs> yep. Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio featuring LV, which is probably the first <laughs> rap song I knew all the words to. Yeah. And yeah. And so that's like, I was just like 100% like I wasn't one of those kids that had an older brother that was like, here, check out the misfits. <laughs> and I was like, hey, other 10 year olds, I'm cool. <laughs> but it wasn't. I was just like, whatever was fed to me by like what my mom was. So a lot of Alanis Morissette. Sure. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like every third single was a new Alanis Morissette song in like the yeah. mid 90s. Yeah, she I'm was pretty, just on I'm pretty fire. sure. Uh, um, I forget. I looked this up back some time ago. But um, uh, the top two recording artists of the 90s, of yep. the decade, were Mariah Carey and yep. Boys to Men. Yeah. Like they combined to have the that, most most hits. And that one song was on the chart was number one on the charts for for I think an unprecedented amount of so time. So One right? Sweet Day is the number one single yeah. of the decade. Yeah. The one time they collaborated, yep. it was just the song of those ten years. It was unstoppable. Yeah, it was a force. <laughs> it was like and the it, Avengers <laughs> of songs. And, and you, Boys to Men was already like four guys. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, they were big. Yeah, they just had to bring in like that final piece. Yeah. That the beautiful, you know, big voiced yeah. uh, Mariah. Do you guys remember that song or am I just... Yeah, it was yeah. huge. And do you remember the video? Yeah. It was such like a fun hanging out kind of video. It's like them around the recording studio just having a great time. Oh, I love those videos. Yeah. Those are really fun. Because <laughs> it's like, that's not how recording goes. No. So they had to go back sure into the studio is. and be like, Mariah, do it again, but like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look like you're enjoying taking 20 yeah. takes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it's like, hey, uh, so great. So 50% of this video is you, mm-hmm. Mariah Carey. 50% of it is the four guys from Boys to Men. Yep. Uh, just try not to hog your time, guys. Yeah. Look, you each get one eighth of the screen time on this video. We can't show you at once. Right, right. <laughs> I love uh, also, like, the. R&B of the 90s was in such a weird place where it was like kind of explicit, but also like kind of corny still like the song. I'll make love to you. The first two lines are close your eyes, make a wish. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, are you going to fuck her with a birthday cake? (laughs) 
No, he's a genie, man. <laughs> he's a ge- okay. <laughs> you don't have to close your eyes for a genie, though. I don't trust my genies around me. So sure. I keep my eyes open when I wish. Uh, who do you, uh, in a, in a R&B, early 90s R&B uh, super group, or like, you know, Boys to Men, yeah. um, All for One was yep. a knockoff of them. Yep. Uh, sh- uh, is it Shy? They were like a three-piece, I think. Oh, I don't remember them. They, they had one, uh, this was very of the time, but their like big hit was an acapella. Sure. Um, uh, of course it was. <laughs> if I ever, if I ever fall in love. Oh, I remember that song. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who in like, who in one of those bands would you be? Cause there's always like, there's a soprano, mm-hmm. there's the baritone. And then there's like the, the, the smooth guy talking guy. Well, that's the baritone. Usually, oh, right, 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 right. And then I think there's like usually the guy who's like the lead vocalist and one yeah. guy who fills in a lot. I would be the fill in guy. <laughs> that's definitely me. Cause I wouldn't be the guy. I don't have the kind of confidence to like be in a recording studio and like, all right, Josh, take your part. And I'll just be like, girl, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I couldn't put that down. Like if this were yeah. being recorded, it would have come up like, girl, <laughs> we've known each other for quite some time. I was just wondering if you'd go steady with me. <laughs> it's just, I'll be the fill in guy. We're like, the, the regular guy would like, like wipe his brow and go get a sip of water. And I would, <laughs> and then I would be like, I'll make, and they were like, no, we want the other guy to be up to you. <laughs> That's not the guy we want. And like, well, he's thirsty. So <laughs> you're stuck with me. You'll do for now. Yeah. That's, that's what they say when I finish singing. Yeah. <laughs> Just, that'll do pig. <laughs> Have we invented auto tune yet? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Also, if we invented like auto face, we were like a different face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, we want you to be the T-Pain of faces. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of guys from that era that were like hidden in shadow. Like they oh, were yeah. just like, they're great voices yep, because right. I mean, that was the thing before autotune is you, you had to have vocal harmony in yep. a singing group like that. Mm-hmm. So like the fill-in guy, what I'm doing in that guy in Injustice, he was like a harmony guy. Yeah. Like he made every song sound yep. great is what But you did. could also get around that by like ditching the other three guys <laughs> <laughs> and just being the one guy who's really good at singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you, if that wasn't enough sound for you, the one guy who's really good at singing and then the low talking guy. <laughs> so then when he had to get the drink of water, the other guy would be like, he's going to get a drink of water, but girl, I'm right here with you. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, that seems like almost effectively like where uh, Justin Timberlake's career went. Yeah. Like he was like the lead, you know, yep. he was one of like the two soloists Absolutely. really of that group. But then if he needs anything else, he just like has somebody else on a track with him. Yeah. So kind of like not we're over like the slow talking baritone guy. But Timbaland kind of does that. Yeah. He's like, take it to the chorus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going there, Tim. <laughs> where did you think I was going? <laughs> I know how the song goes. <laughs> She's trying to remind, I think, the general public of song structure. Yeah, because music, music education is a really important thing to do. Yep, that's right. true. <laughs> and our schools aren't doing it. They're not so. doing enough. The arts funding is getting cut. We yeah. need Timbaland <laughs> and Justin Timberlake to teach us. <laughs> Took it to the bridge. Thank you. <laughs> the youth oh, of today thanks you, Timbaland. That's what it is when we hit that minor and later in mm-hmm. the song. I get it, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the um, people that are just used to like vine lengths of things. Yep. Like, oh, there's more. They're, okay, it's going to go on for two minutes? It's a long time. It's been a long time. He shouldn't have left us without a dope beat to step tusk. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> you guys can all leave. <laughs> Thank I, you for coming. I, I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm just curious. So at uh, 10 years old, um, yeah. uh, where, like, 
where were you living, man? So where I grew up. From? I grew up in a suburb of Boston called Stoneham, Massachusetts, uh-huh. which is the hometown of figure skating legend Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, go, uh, go Spartans. That's where I was Thank born. You. I was born. I didn't in know that. Yeah. What? I'm from Winchester. Oh, I I think I knew that, but I didn't know you were born in yeah. Stoneham. Uh, that's yes. Anyway. That I was just gonna get super local, like Royals roast beef guy. Are you oh. kidding me? Like, <laughs> dairy, get, dairy Dome just, for life. Yeah, just get Wicked Boston with it. Yeah, dairy yeah, Dome yeah. was owned by our health teacher. Whoa. By our uh, yeah, our tenth grade health Guys, teacher. Just so you know, uh, Dairy Dome is a large ice cream uh, parlor in uh, Stone. It's Stone, Massachusetts. It's not like a, a fortress on the <laughs> South Pole <laughs> filled with cows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who are, uh, but yeah. yeah, so I grew up in Stone, Massachusetts. I was in. Um, I, I, a lot of my friends were from like the North shore of Massachusetts and that's kind of like the saving grace of my life because that is, I, I really feel like, um, that like those kind of friends who are slightly worse influences and were like, really, we got into hip hop, like slightly later, excuse me, than it was happening, but slightly earlier than was appropriate for our parents to like, like it was, uh, so we, so at like 10, I was in Stoneham. I was in school. I had camp friends. It was like a Jewish day camp, but we had a, when we were, so this is a few years later, 1998, we were 13 and we had the first Wu-Tang album on CD and it was the summer. The second Wu-Tang album came out, but we went back and got the first one because we were completists, um, <laughs> just real hipster 13 year olds. And we would play it. And there's a song called Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Uh, and we would play it in a boom box and we would just have the kid that knew the song the best turn the volume down at the swears, <laughs> which he had carpal tunnel and had to be sent home at the end of the first day. But so that was like kind of a formative musical memory for sure. And that, so I was just like grew, growing up in the suburbs in like a, an Irish Catholic town. Uh, I grew up amongst like everyone in my class grew, grew up to be in the dropkick Murphys. <laughs> um, they're doing great. These they're days. really good. Yeah. There's 200 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I grew up amongst the, I grew up in, grew up in Dropkick Murphys, Massachusetts. (laughs) Small, a small town. Yep. Uh, And the, so yeah, so I grew, I grew up there and, but I went to a summer camp with these kind of just like, with just a bunch of like uh, Jewish kids whose parents couldn't afford to send them to an overnight camp. (laughs) And so it was like a very, uh, that's like where I, I think I got like my taste in music was yeah. my cooler friends. Cause we had, they had a cassette that was, I remember, um, let me see if I can do all three songs that were like, we played over and over again for the same summer. It was zero by the smashing pumpkins. Was that year? Um, sweet dream, the cover of sweet dreams by Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. which to this day as an adult man terrifies me. And I won't listen <laughs> to it in the dark, just terrifying. And then there was one, Oh, uh, of course, because we were 13 year old shitheads, it was a uh, bulls on parade by rage against nice. the machine. <laughs> and, uh, so like those guys had just better taste where I was just like, I don't know if you guys heard Gerardo and they're like, get out of here. <laughs> it was like eight years ago. <laughs> I, I think know. I had bulls on parade on a mixtape, but it was yeah. at the end mm-hmm. where like there was enough room for something else to be put on there, but not enough for a full song. Okay. So there was probably about two years of my life where I did not know how that song ended. Oh, oh, dude. Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. That's how that song ends. Yeah, it was, oh ama- it was a hell of a twist. You hear him walking away and you're like, mm, I get it. Very subtle. Because <laughs> that's what Rage Against the Machine was about. Subtlety. Subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, yeah, they were in your face, huh? Really in your face. But they made it. Like that's the crazy thing is like they were huge. Yeah, that I, album I, they was had a enormous. Moment, man. Their first album was also like was yeah. pretty big. Well, and then um, uh, what is it? Um, Battle for Los Angeles is that yep. the name of the album? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was like I feel like that was like firmly established. They are hit like a hit. Yep. You know, and that's so I don't know. It, it is funny thinking back because they were very blunt yes. about everything they thought. Yep. And that usually doesn't like fly. No. You know. Um. But Tom Morello played that guitar that was like wow 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 wow, and then people were like, yeah, we can get with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won like Guitar World's like guitarist of the year like six years in a row in that era because he just like never played a chord. Yeah. And and used eight thousand pedals. He was communist Peter Frampton. Yeah. <laughs> communist fall to TBS. That's literally the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> I feel like three people were like, that was pretty good. Maybe the rest of you don't know enough about Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> to know that I've peaked and it's over for me now. <laughs> it's all done. Oh my gosh. That's great. Um, Thank you. I already told myself that. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll pat my own back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think like uh, one one last thing I was curious about. Sure. Um, so like in that era, right, of discovering that type of music, mm-hmm. um, like why hip hop? I don't know. I So it my my getting into hip hop, like really into it was like 98, 99. And we just, I think what happened was we had just got cable. My parents, we just got cable, uh, as which I think was partly related to, uh, I think part of it was a bar mitzvah present. <laughs> They're like, we can have cable now. And I was like, great. <laughs> uh, so we, we got cable and I watched a lot of MTV, like starting then, like I didn't watch it all until then. And then it started then, and there were like really great rap videos in that era. So I remember being really into like, um, well, first of all, I mean like the My Name Is video, the Eminem, mm-hmm. which is like a very clever, funny video, uh, even though he's kind of been like rehashing those ideas for like the last 16 years, <laughs> just rapping them faster and louder. <laughs> uh, but that was like a really, and then there were a couple of, red man videos from the album docs, the name 2000 that I really liked. And then there was the Nas, which this isn't even an album people liked, but the video was so <laughs> great. It was, uh, the hate me now video with Nas and puff daddy, where I think they were like up, up on crosses or something. It was like very religious. He definitely had a crown of thorns. They were definitely like when someone hates your rap music, that makes you Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, nice. And I would like, Sneak, I would go, so there was a record uh, store, say, CDs at that point, mm-hmm. in my hometown, and it was like three quarters of a mile from, from where I lived. And so after school, I would go and I would get the rap album, albums, and I would bring them back to my house before my parents got home, and then I would listen to them quietly uh, <laughs> in, in my bedroom. And that was like what I, because they, they meant to it be wasn't like to. they were, I don't think, like if I told them that now, they wouldn't be like, we couldn't believe you. But they, I think then they would have been like, well, we don't, we're not really into this idea. Like I didn't have the parents that confiscated stuff. I had the parents that like guilted you into not having stuff. So like <laughs> my friend, all of my friends, when we were like 11 or 12 or 13, had the, the Adam Sandler comedy albums, which were 
filthy. Yeah. And like one by one, they would confiscate until there was like the one friend that had like a tape he had dubbed from another <laughs> tape and was just like, we have to hear it. We have to hear the tales of the goat. And, like, yep. <laughs> and we would just like gather around and listen to it quiet before that got confiscated too. But so that's what I did. It was like, I think it was definitely getting MTV because I remember like, that era of hip hop videos really, really vividly for like two or three years. There was like the big pimpin video mm -hmm. that was like on a huge white yacht and like in like the Caribbean. And uh, there was the Busta Rhymes, uh, Janet Jackson video for where they were like wearing metal CGI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was that song called? How's it going to be? What's it going to be? How's it going to what? <laughs> Who is it? Oh man, my uncle's gonna be so mad when he hears I didn't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rhymes. Uncle, Uncle Rhymes. <laughs> um, is it, how's it gonna be? Does anybody know? And Buster Rhymes had like all great videos. Oh yeah, he was great. Like, uh, I remember he was being very flashy and yep. very like a very physical guy too. Yeah, cool. it was awesome. And so I think that kind of sold it because that's like what I was hearing. And it was like better, like, I just like, the music. I like that there's a lot of words. <laughs> I'm very cool. And, uh, so it, that was like kind of where I got, was exposed to it in like, because I don't the hip hop. Okay. So the hip hop radio station in Boston is not good. Um, it's like hip hop and R and B and it's like very heavy on like the most broad, like guy raps for a little while. Another guy sings for like a long time. Mm -hmm. You guys know those songs. And so it's like a Jim and 94, five. And yeah. yeah, I'm calling you out from 200 miles away. Um, but then, Jamming. then there was an amazing college radio yeah. rap show that doesn't exist anymore. But the Emerson college had this show that was on from like 9 PM until midnight. Yeah. And when I was in high school, I would just like fall asleep to it every night. And it was like really interesting. Like, like underground stuff and like the kind of cool end of the commercial stuff. Do you remember the name of that show? I think it was, I think they just called it 88, nine at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was like, I think discovering 88, nine was, I remember like that was a formative thing in my high yeah. school experience too. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause also it was like the only way that, uh, being <clears throat> similarly suburban yep. in that age, it was the only way I knew about rap that would occur in Boston. Right. Like I had no clue nope. who was from Boston except for that radio station. Yeah, there was like Mr. Lip Mr. and Acrobatic. Lip. Yeah, and 7 uh, uh, L and Esoteric yep. were like guys that I discovered from that show. And Rex, R-E-K-S. Yeah, there was like, a, and <laughs> yeah. it was it was cool. It was like neat to like have hometown pride in that. And I would always call up, I would call up when they were doing ticket giveaways and I would be like, do you have to be 18? And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, cool, I'm 18. <laughs> and they'd be like, you're not. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted to know there wouldn't be any nerd kids uh, there. <laughs> I'm really cool. <laughs> Uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, um, I think right now, guys, we want to actually welcome up Kaylin Marie, who's our musical guest. Uh, she's going to play a cover of the song that Josh brought along. So let's welcome her up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kaylin Marie. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. All that talk about being offended by it being a cover made me so nervous. <laughs> I was like, ah. especially because everything he loved about the song I'm not doing with the cover that I'm performing. Because <laughs> I, I, I thought, what a, what a confident song. And, and then I, you know, Evan said, just, just play the song like, you know, as you do it, your own twist. And if I was actually going to say those things, as simple and beautiful as they are, I'd probably do it with a lot more 
of a lull. <laughs> so, make it a little nicer and less like, you belong to me. <laughs> you belong to my heart. Now and forever And our love had its start Not long ago We were gathering stars In a million guitars Played our love songs when I said I love you, every beat of my heart said it too. Twas a moment like this when I first found you, and your eyes through a kiss. When they met mine Now we own all the stars And a million guitars Are still playing Darling, you are the song And you'll always belong To my heart That was wonderful and beautiful. Um, we're going to ask you to play one more for us. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, Kaylin's going to play us out. Uh, but first, we just want to give a big thank you to our guest, uh, Josh Gondelman. All right. Well, since Josh said he liked that song because... It had a little twang and it was very direct. I think I'll play an original that has that since I totally robbed it from that. Uh, so this is a, probably the most honky-tonk song I've ever written. And it's very direct. <clears throat> Go ahead and kiss her if it's something that you need or if it's something that you might even please go ahead and kiss her but remember one thing that the girl she ain't me You've had more than four new legs Wrapped around that boyish frame The worst part is I'm surely Underestimating Then again I've always given you A little too much credit Just a little Cause you weren't always the slightest guy 
heated passion of the night Always just a little too high Always just a little too high to get it right So go ahead and kiss her If it's something that you need Or something that you just might If fun, please Go ahead and kiss her But remember one thing Remember that Girl, she ain't me And I'm not saying that you'd want her to be but babe you haven't been alone for more than one week so i'm making sure you are confusing things We both got our strange ways of dealing with this change You've got yours and I've got mine Making up these silly rhymes about these things that made me cry This has been Repeater. Thanks, guys. Thank you. If you want to hear more from Josh, you can pick up his book, You Blew It, an awkward look at the many ways in which you've already ruined your life, which he wrote with Joe Berkowitz at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Plus, you can purchase his new album, Physical Whisper, on Bandcamp, Amazon, and iTunes. For stand updates and all that other good stuff, check out joshgondelman.com. And how amazing was Kaylin Marie? She regularly performs in New York, and the best way to find out where and when is to visit her website, kaylinmariemusic.com. That's K A Y L Y N Marie Music.com. All one word. She has some incredible recordings and videos on there too. Wow, that was such a good time. Thank God it worked, and we are now Podcast Kings. But for real, we had an amazing time with Josh and Kalen, and we want to thank you all for listening to this first episode of Repeater. Yeah, this was super fun. And in addition to everyone who's given this a listen, we want to thank QED and Astoria Queens for giving us a place to do this show. Cambry Cruz and her whole staff are the best. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan, put a shirt on. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at QEDAstoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe, also in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at Hi-Fi-Records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by The Sunlines. Everything else by Love Nest Production. Welcome to Repeater. <laughs>